You're listening to the Music and Mascara Podcast, inspiring you to do whatever you do. All right, here we are. Episode four. What kind of consumer are you? And what does that mean for your business? What kind of consumer am I? Yeah. Hmm. That's going to be an interesting conversation. We'll get to that later. All right. First, I want to catch you up on my book. Oh, yeah. You're still working on this book. What's the name of it again? Atomic Habits. Uh, first of all, we're, we're drinking wine tonight. I'm actually drinking wine also. Yes. Yeah. Instead of scotch or whiskey like I've been drinking. So we'll see if the results are varied because of that. We'll just see. Or better or worse. I burnt my tongue. Did you? What'd you burn your tongue on? Soup. Oh, man. It's very sad. Ramen burns are almost as bad as pizza burns. Pizza burns are worse, though. That's the roof of your mouth. I don't know if it's worse. Now it affects my ability to taste, and I want to drink this wine. Oh, I see what the related problem is there. That makes sense. Okay. So this book, Atomic Habits, you're still reading it. Slowly. A couple, what, a chapter at a time or something? Um, It's like divided up into sections, so we're kind of just taking it a section at a time. Um, And it's based upon these, you know, what he's calling laws. You know, you have to organize all these thoughts into things, and he's calling them laws. So we're talking about making, you know, like creating new habits is where we're at. Um, And how you have to make those satisfying. Like, you have to appeal to yourself almost to create new habits right okay yeah because if you don't want to do it you're not gonna do it it's like exactly really a decision that you have to make to create a new habit yeah okay but this one was really interesting um and it was so funny we've done the discussion for this with the group i'm in and nobody else cared about the science but of course that's what i was drawn to was the science behind it um Explaining how the brain prioritizes rewards. Um, and the brain wants immediate rewards versus those delayed rewards. And, you know, we live in a society where most rewards are delayed. You know, you go to a job and you get paid down the road. You know, um, you change your eating habits and the benefits of that are down the road. So we we don't get that immediate gratification that our brain is looking for. Okay. So I just thought it was interesting when you think about it from a habit standpoint, because it makes sense why people choose bad habits and fall back into bad habits, because those bad habits give them that immediate reward that they're looking for instead of sustaining a good habit for a longer reward. So you're saying our brains are kind of wired you just want stuff right now yeah and so if creating a new habit takes longer then whatever's the easier thing that they could just have right now is just automatically what they're going to choose well not to create the habit um the reward that comes from the habits that you're doing every day so if you think about oh the reward do you the reward of the habit that you already have or the result of the habit that you already have or creating yeah okay. either way okay um and, and just to think about that in the sense of, you know, every action that you take, every habit that you have is um, basically given a vote to the person you want to be, which is a longer term game. Well, and that, our brain is like, eh. No, that makes total sense. I mean, because you are investing in yourself 
when you try to create this habit. Right. right. But I mean, even if you think about, so some of the examples, which are terrible, but some of the examples that he gave were, you know, people who choose to smoke or overeat or have unsafe sex. It's because those immediate rewards that they're getting from that satisfying an immediate need are a higher priority to them than the long-term, in this case, detrimental effects that there are. Hmm. And the result of that is they actually create those bad habits. Right. And they just stay in them because it's easy and the brain is like, okay, I like this. Which is interesting because the flip side of that is if you do invest the time and the effort into the habit and then it becomes a habit, then you get the positive results and rewards from that just as quickly once it becomes a habit. Right. But it's just that period of making that transition that's yeah. important and very integral to the process. I like having my bed made. Oh, the resetting the room. Yeah. Yeah. That's so this whole resetting thing since we've been talking about this. Yeah. So it, it, it takes a while to mindset. So let's just talk about this. The, the bad habit of not doing that. You don't even think about it because it just becomes normal, but it takes a few days or weeks to actually kind of reset that habit. But it is like the rewards of doing it and the result of doing it is completely amazing. Yeah. And that's one of the things he talks about too. He says like, don't break the chain. So it like whatever. So if you're saying like, I want to make the bed every day, um, then you make the bed every day, you know, and you just do it. You know, you don't break the cycle. And and he was like, and give yourself some grace. Like, if you do, just don't make it, don't let it happen twice. So don't, like, create a pattern of breaking a habit. You know what I mean? Yep. So it made a lot of sense. And then there was, um, you know, the important aspect of having some accountability, whether that was a person or a checklist. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. That is really cool. And the result of this book has been that we, you and I, have gone to a lot of effort, actually, to, we started with, we literally did start with making the bed. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. And not, cleaning the kitchen, that was mine. And, oh, okay. And then we actually went one by one through every cabinet in the kitchen and, like, it, other people would call it spring cleaning, but the idea here was to up the efficiency of the whole thing, mm -hmm. to get rid of stuff we didn't need, and to make it easier to reset it, to make it easier to get it back to normal. And we've actually sold furniture and moved furniture into new rooms and moved things around and simplified things to make this easier in a matter of two weeks. And maybe I don't even know two weeks ago if that was something that I thought that I was doing, but now looking back on it, because actually, um, our listeners can't see this, but we're sitting in a completely new office, mm -hmm. completely reworked office. It's just contagiously happening throughout the whole house. Like you're right. You start with making the bed and cleaning the kitchen, you know, before you go to bed or when right, you get up in the morning right. and it just, it continues, it just mm -hmm. continues and continues. And it is, it's, it's amazing. It's what it's done for us is, it's amazing. It changes your whole outlook on, on everything. It's pretty awesome. I'm glad to hear that. No, I and I like it because, you know, and I guess this is kind of, this will kind of get in, into one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight is you can look at whatever 
you're doing um, or not doing. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't making the bed. No big deal. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter. Nobody goes in there, you know, right or whatever. You know, like there's no reason to change if there's no reason. And to most change. of the time it's just us. So who who cares? Right. Right. But that is not a mentality that I want to carry. Like, I don't ever, ever, ever want to carry the mentality through life that you just do a thing because you do the thing and there's no reason to analyze that thing and make it better. You know, but, I, but we've always done it like that. Oh, see, I cannot stand <laughs> that. And that has always been a thing. I mean, I've been inventing stuff and modifying stuff and making stuff better since I was a little, little kid, right. you know, and my mind and it's it's really the the why or the why not person, you know, like For sure. um, when when there's something uh, when somebody presents you with an idea. Do you go, well, why would I do that? Or do you go, why not? Right. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's worth looking into. It's interesting. I, you know, cause I, I ran into this this week a little bit. <coughs> Excuse me. I ran into this a little, uh, a little bit this week. I was, I've been thinking about like, you know, the content on my YouTube channel and, um, kind of wanting to broaden out what I do and be more well-rounded, like kind of right. just uh, not be, of course, strongly in my niche and, you know, really, you know, doing what we do, but then also thinking, hmm, how can you widen the audience? How can you reach more people? How can we, you know, just course, really yeah. always be growing? And I presented that uh, to my viewers and it was very interesting and there's nothing wrong with, you know, each person, each personality is going to manifest in, in each person's different way. But there definitely was the why crowd. Like, I don't know. Your stuff is fine. Like, don't don't change anything. Like, we like what you're doing now. And then there was the why not crowd who was like, oh, yeah. And then just like presenting lists and lists of new ideas. And it was just really interesting to see that dynamic and to know that. I feel better knowing that I'm pushing the envelope all the time right? And trying to learn more all the time about what my audience wants, about what I, even for me too, like, um, wanting to learn a new skill, wanting to make my content better, wanting to make my production better. Um, you know, just, and, and I think that is a, a serious thing to think about in ourselves when we're talking about building our business and when we're talking about when we go to try to reach our audience like do I present myself as a person who is open to wanting to do new stuff try new stuff learn new stuff even though I'm a professional I do I present myself that I'm trying to learn things right and try to always be expanding uh, my knowledge and my reach and, and yeah, I'm not sure how you can be open to opportunities if you have that why attitude. Yeah. Like always because then you're just stagnant and you don't, you're not looking for change and you're not looking for those opportunities and you're just going to be stuck, I think. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, that's what I'm afraid of. I'm always afraid of that. And, you know, we, we, of course, around here, we talk a lot about music. We talk about, um, 
you know, that, that sort of stuff. And I think about, uh, what do they say? The, the majority of people don't look for new music after they reach the rage, each the rage, reach the age of 30. Right. And most people over the age of 30 default back to the music that they were listening to when they graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't expand out into that, out of, out of that. And that's to me that I always use music as my barometer for that, but there's so many things in life like that you're just going to default back to. Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing with the, you know, you see a, a picture of like the, the whole comfort zone and all the amazing things that can happen outside of your comfort zone. But if you just stay stuck there, then you're never going to reach those. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you don't, I guess you don't really ever reach anything if you don't reach for it. You know, I mean, you have to. Getting deep. Whoa. (laughs) No, I just, I think, and and especially if we're talking about, you know, always, we, we always think of, um, hoping that people that listen to this and, you know, watch the stuff that we do and stuff know that we're, we're trying to help people to kind of think outside the box for. Right. And in the hopes that, you know, sharing the, the steps that we take and the conversations that we have about this, um, you know, at least inspire some ideas or some thought-provoking, you know, like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. What could I do? Why yeah. not? Well, and the other thing, too, is that as you're growing, um, and this is kind of getting into our kind of our main subject for the evening, but as you're, if, if you are a why person and be like, constantly questioning why you would ever change anything then what does that say about the kind of clients and the kind of customers and the kind of because how you feel about the world is going to we'll talk about this in a few minutes but how you feel about the world is going to shape the audience because you're going to attract those Mm -hmm. same sorts of people so then all of a sudden you have a bunch of other people that are like why do I need anything new? Well, if you're trying to sell them something, that's the opposite of what you want. Right. So you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot. If you're always the why not person like, hey, check this out. This is the coolest new thing. Uh, you know, I'm going to try this new idea. I'm going to do you're going to attract those people and they're going to be more positively drawn into your circle and um, and what you're trying to do. Yeah. So you let's know? talk about that. Okay. So. Our topic for tonight is that, like, what kind of consumer are you? Yeah. And, you know, that that in itself sounds like, what? What what are they talking about? But to add a second question to that, Uh what that means for your business. So the kind of consumer you are, the kind of customer you are, Mm -hmm. will ultimately determine pretty much as a as a rule or a main influence anyway, the way you run your business and ultimately the kind of clients and customers that you end up having in your business. And you touched on it a minute ago. So the, um, you know, whether or not you believe it, we don't have to discuss it, but the law of attraction is a real thing. You attract people to you with your personality, with, you know, things that you like in common, et cetera, fill in the blank. Um, I mean, it's the whole 
reason for letting people get to know you because obviously you're trying to make a connection which is the same thing so it's just this loop of connectivity um attracting people to you yep so if we go back briefly to last week's episode when we talked about why people buy online versus why they buy in a store yep you could break it down to a few different types of customers right so we have the price and value shopper yeah. Right. We have the customer service person who cares really. They really concerned about mostly about customer service and the treatment uh, that they get from the person. Yep. And then there is also um, the quality of the product and service. You know, we'll just we'll just stick with those three main things. There's actually if you really get scientific about this, I think there's like five main types of customers and I can't remember what they all are right now. It's a Simon Sinek thing, too. That I've read before, and it's also a uh, who's the guy that sits in the back of the Bentley? Oh, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that guy, he talks about that too. I would like to add to your list, though, just a overall personality. Okay. You know, can affect that too. So we can yes, talk about just that. a normal general personality. Yep. So, what do you mean by that? Well, we want to start at the top, right? You want to start with price and value person. Yeah, let's start with okay. So, uh, the person that's always shopping for the cheapest thing, the couponer, the couponer is always going to be shopping for the cheapest thing. Yep. Are you that person? Are you the person that's always shopping for the cheapest thing? Yeah. Because chances are, and cheap does not, um, so this is just a price thing because right. cheap is not the same thing as I want to get a good value. I'm a smart shopper. That's a that's a little different. Right. So when we talk about this, we're talking about I have a thing and it's ten dollars. Can I find it somewhere for nine? That person. Or can I get two for one or can I get it on sale? Is it on sale? Am I only Does it ever it go on sale? sale? Does it ever can go on sale? Can you tell me when it goes on sale? Yeah. Can you, can you send me an email when that goes on sale? Cause that's when I'm going to buy it. So that type of customer, um, first of all, are you that kind of consumer? Right. Right. So if you are, then chances are you're going to be posting about the, the awesome deal you just got on, on Facebook and on Instagram and stuff. People are going to know you as the price shopper. For sure. They do. They know so and they're so. looking to you for that. There's for, nothing wrong yeah. with being that person. Hey man, have you seen any coupons right, lately? Right. Like I need to get some shoes. Have you seen any yeah. coupons lately for Foot Locker? Yeah. And chances are you have. Right. And so you get to be known as that person. So then as you sell here's here's the thing though. It's it may be frugal and, and smart in some cases to be that person. Uh but if you attract that type of customer, there comes a... They're not really a customer. No, because they are only your customer while you are the cheapest. Right. So if somebody else is cheaper than you, you are no longer their customer. They're no longer yeah, your customer. Yeah, there's no loyalty or... No. Yeah. No. And the other thing is that customer is always on that quest. There is... Yeah, it's definitely not personal. No, it's not personal. Right. And so what that means is 
the customer experience of the beginning of the purchase to the end of the purchase and then on through to the customer service on the backside of the per that none of that matters to that person. And so it's possible that if they found out that they got it cheaper somewhere, they will be unhappy and there's nothing you can do to fix that. It's there's a there's a customer service problem that comes up right. with that type of a customer. But that consumer as as now the business owner, let's talk about that. So they're one, their customers are always going to be searching, like you mentioned. Um, yes, they're never going to be able to satisfy them. They're going to be given refunds. They're going to be. And the thing I see that is probably the worst thing to me is they themselves don't see the value in the product that they're selling and they think it's expensive. So then they just assume that nobody else will buy it. So that affects their sales plot process mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. their closing ratio because they literally second guess themselves out of a sale because Correct. they don't 100% believe in what they're doing because, mm -hmm. well, you know, I mean, it's really good. It is pretty good. Like, I know it's, I know it's kind of expensive, but right. Like that guy, that's, that's, that's what we're talking about. For um, sure. And I mean, I've had it happen to me. I've, um, and you know, sometimes it's hard, but to be that person, you don't know when to say no either. Um, but having a different perspective on that, you know, I had a boutique product and mm -hmm. when they, when the first question out of somebody's mouth is I buy such and such at Walmart, my immediate response was always like, well, this may not be what you're looking for, you know, because it's not, it, there's no equivalent there. No, no. So, uh, then what other kinds of, let's, let's, so let's, let's talk about customer service yeah. because this yeah, is, yeah. this is me. I look for good customer service. Like I will, will pay a premium for it. Yes. I will be your customer if I get good customer service hands down and it's true. So what we're talking about, I know is a true reflection because it is what is most important to me in how I run my business. So, uh, this customer is, is a lot higher quality of a customer because you're creating a relationship with them from the first time that you meet them to years. I mean, yeah. And you're solving a problem for them. You're helping them with something, you know, through mm -hmm. that relationship, through the conversation, um, through the friendships that ensue or, you know, in, yep, that's the wrong word. I don't know what that word was. So that's a wine talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, you're right. And that's, and, and then that, that's exactly it. I mean, um, it, it kind of never ends and you could have a product fail. Hey, I need to return this cause it broke. And then that customer actually doesn't even care about that. Right. Right. Like some, it, it's kind of frustrating, but it's not if he knows, Hey man, can you take care of it? I had this, I had that situation actually. Mm -hmm. I've got a repair I've got to do on a, on an instrument cable, really good customer of mine, um, out of warranty. And he sent me a Facebook message and said, Hey man, uh, this cable, blah, blah, blah. I know I'm out of warranty, but I was like, you know what? Just send it to me. I'll just fix it and send it back. And it's, it will literally take me 20 minutes to make that person a customer for the next however right. long. And that is. But that's the kind of customer that he is. Mm -hmm. It's it's a positive 
uh, it like it's a positive factory. Like it just keeps going yeah. because I know that he's a good customer. That guy makes me want to do stuff for him. Right. Makes him want to be my customer. Yeah. And it just continues like that. Yeah. And just the fact that he knew he could reach out is powerful too because it is it's really hard um i think both both of us are very customer service focused and when you hear something oh this happened and you never heard about it like that that's you know you have to kind of step up your game a little bit because you want people to know that they can come to you with those things oh yeah like if if i have a product or something and it and I hear about a failure from somebody else. And why didn't that person ever call me? You know, like right, that sort right. of thing um, makes you want to step up your game right and be more approachable on that level and, and to be that. So this whole conversation, I know we are kind of talking all around it, but the, the bottom line is you, the kind of consumer that you are will ultimately determine your your kind of the business atmosphere around your own business yeah and if you if you aren't a business owner yet maybe this is something you aspire to be uh, you know being aware of this ahead of the game is pretty powerful because you know take some time to self-reflect on what kind of consumer you are how you're presenting yourself to the world and is that the same people you want to attract or do you perhaps need to refine how you share information. Maybe you've been a little misleading, you know, maybe you do love to coupon, but it's for a different reason. You know, I I don't know what that is, but um, there are just ways to say and share what truly matters to you. And a little bit of vulnerability can, you know, bring more of those truths out. Yeah. And also it, uh, it almost will, will make you analyze. You'll think about it. Like when you're, you know, online at the grocery store or you're, you know, wherever, like behind the person price checking and it's taking forever. And how annoyed are you with this situation right now? It's it's kind of funny how you like like that thing that happened to you with that gas station deal. We talked right. about it a couple right. of episodes ago. You know, you could get all upset and be the mad customer and everything, but that's not really you. So you don't. You know? Right. And, and and even though, and that's the perfect example, even though it was a terrible example of customer service, but as a business owner, putting myself in somebody else's shoes, I didn't know the whole story. Like, it, and it's, it's not who I am as a person. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute, but um, anyway. Yeah. And I find that it will just bring the whole stress level of everything all the way down. I mean, even as a consumer, like I said, you're standing on, on like the grocery store and somebody's price checking on aisle five in front of you because there's not a price tag on it and you're standing there for 20 minutes you just you end up cutting a little more slack and just being a little more chill and you know being a little more relaxed yeah if that's but i think you're about to get into it that's also part of the personal development journey because in a way because it's your personality too i mean there are some people yeah that that is not their dominant personality trait. Right. No, and and so, yeah, you can talk about people who default to uh, just negativity, which can manifest as anger and impatience, right? Um, so, I mean, that as a business owner has got to be 
terribly frustrating if that's what you default to um, and the type of people you attract to your business. Yes. I mean, I just can't imagine. I mean, I default to positivity probably to a fault. but Yeah, you know, because we do project whatever, yeah, right? So right. when that's a super deep concept we project whatever but when a customer let's say a customer calls me Looking and they're the upset mirror. well yeah you know customer calls me upset whatever i project when i answer the phone and my first yeah. sentence sets the tone sets the tone for how that's gonna go i mean does it escalate does it de-escalate do we end up friends at the end does he hang up the phone and write me a bad review somewhere like right. like all those things it 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 is, we do project that. Mm -hmm. So it is important to think about ahead of time before those situations But, come and two, just to think about, um, so the next thing I want to talk about is actually quality, but to think about it in that perspective, so you have this negative person, maybe they are your customer, but they don't, you've attracted this negative person and they don't quite believe in your product, but they're going to buy it anyway. But they're going to doubt it and they're going to look for all the bad and they're perhaps going to return it too because they're not going to be happy because they're never happy. Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. So what about quality? Well, I think what were you going to mention? that quality is very important. If if you are a consumer that is concerned about quality, that is a, a, oh, yeah. a totally different consumer because then you're not focused necessarily on the price or you know, needing the greatest person, you just want the best quality product. It might not be the most, it doesn't have to be the most expensive, the the best quality, you know, it's going to last. Yeah. It probably has a good value, still a value for the money for what you think you're getting quality. Um, so if you're a, it's a good enough guy, chances are that's going to come through in your product or service for sure and result in some of those negative situations that we yeah because if you're just doing something to get by there's going to be a percentage of failure there right and then mm -hmm. that's going to reflect on your business but yeah if quality if you're a, a consumer that surround yourself with high quality and that's what you're interested in that's what you want to see that's what your expectations are that is also what you are going to produce yeah it, the expectations thing too if you have low expectations of what something should be and your customer has higher expectations, that's a, not a good place to be. Like For sure. We always want to be, uh, or, or it does help definitely, to have a higher standard or expectation, set the expectation um, to an attainable place, but that exceeds. Yeah, the, like the under-promise, over-deliver exactly. kind of mentality. Yeah. Yes, yes. But not under-promise in the... I can get by without any more than this. Right. But just under promise in the sense, don't promise them like unicorns and rainbows. If you can't get that happening, you know, well, I can do unicorns. You can't do rainbows. I can't do rainbows, but I could do unicorns. No, this is a good conversation. It's just, it's a good uh, thing to think about ahead of time. You know, when we're, when we're just sitting around like, even for 
we're still in the napkin at the bar phase. Yeah. So, you know, whether you're one considering something, you know, right. again, zoom out, think about what kind of consumer you are, because that is probably the market you're going to attract. Um, or two, if you're in business and maybe things aren't going a direction you want, or you don't know why you're getting some of the conversation or replies or customers that you expected, you know, that's, again, you just zoom out and kind of, what am I projecting to people to bring these type of people back to me? Yeah. So, uh, and there's a term for this, um, in our consulting business, there's a term for it. It's called, uh, reputation management. Yep. Right. And so basically what that means is what kind of ratings are you getting on, on the internet? Uh, are you, do you have a positive, are, are you, are you, do you see positive things when you Google your name? Mm -hmm. Basically that's right. the bottom line. Right. And if you don't, if you're starting to see some negative things and you're worried about reputation management and, uh, you know, and you're worried, oh, I can't do that because I'm going to get a bad review because I've gotten some bad reviews, then this whole conversation about what kind of consumer you are is a good place to start. Yeah, because have you left a bunch of bad reviews? Right. So it's a good place to start with yourself first because you will project that yeah. onto others. And I think that you will quickly feel a difference if you are having problems with reputation management and you are getting some negative reviews, I think the turnaround for that is quicker than people think. For sure. Um, if you just make step back, take a look at that, think about what kind of consumer you are and how you're projecting how you feel about that stuff onto your business, it will make a big difference very quickly. Yeah, for sure. No, super cool. It's a fun thing to think about. I, and it's something that you got to check yourself up on too. Um, I mean, yeah, you, you've said you, it to me. Yeah. I was going to say, if you can't do it yourself, like ask somebody that really knows you because they are, yes. you know, their um, ability to zoom out and, you know, take away those personal feelings. Cause you know, we default to thinking we're doing the right thing. Maybe our intention is to do the right thing, but to be able to have somebody zoom out for you and like, this is how it's coming across or this is how I see this or this, I could understand how this person saw it this way, you know, whatever the case may be is really powerful. Yeah. Because for a lot of people, there are level of self-awareness drops in stressful situations. So if, right. if we're having a problem or trying to figure out why our business is going a certain way, we might not be the best gauge of that. Yeah. And if so, your immediate reaction is, defense or that the person is wrong like that's a good indication that you probably ha yep. should have somebody look at it from the outside also yeah i mean there's been times when i've posted something or or written something or written it and didn't post it and you saw it and you're like you know like check yourself bro you know what I mean? Like some, and you or have even, to do that sometimes. Or even you get, um, you can get lost in whatever you're working on, right? Like your business, it doesn't matter. Add in various stress factors, various aspects of a work day. And then you read something and even the mood that you're currently in determines how you may read something. You know, we're in a digital world yep. and you don't hear inflections and emotion and you just see words on a screen and 
and those could be just taken totally wrong. And I could read the same sentence and be like, why doesn't it just mean this? And you're like, oh, maybe it does. Yep. So, I mean, it, you know, give yourself some grace. Like you're gonna, we all make mistakes, you know, and, and yep. we are our own worst critics too. Yep. No, that's true too. No, it's just a good thing to think about. I'm glad that we had this conversation tonight about this and I hope, I hope that it, I mean, it helps me to talk about it again um, from time to time because as we make transitions and changes and try things and does it work or it didn't work or... It is interesting that it always comes back to some pretty key principles though. Like you can, you can plug in all these extra factors, but this, the basic subject is still the same, you know? Yep, it is. Anyway, so something to think about. It what is. kind of consumer are you? Yeah. I think that's a, a pretty good episode four. Yeah, that was fun. It was. I didn't finish my wine yet. I didn't either, so I think we're going to have to edit some podcast and finish some wine. Thanks for hanging out with us this week, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Make sure you check us out on musicandmascara.com. And leave us some questions on yeah. Anchor if you'd like. That would be great. And anchor.fm and the podcast will be there as well as um, it's on Google. It's on. It's not on iTunes yet. We're still working on that. You know, that always takes longer than anybody else. So that's happening. Uh, but also make sure you check out our Facebook page, uh, Music and Mascara Facebook page also because um, we've been chatting over there too. Other than that, uh, thanks for hanging out and we will talk to you very soon.